You're listening to Table Chat. I'm Erin. And I'm Rachel. We're full-time dietitians and part-time pizza slash taco enthusiasts. This is our show where we talk food, nutrition, and whatever else we feel like. So come sit around our table and chat. Because the more you know, the more you can eat. Hey. Hey. How's it going? I'm fine. How are you? I'm okay. Just okay? Well, I was about to say no. No. No? No. I'm saying no. Why are you saying no? <laughs> well, today's episode is about a very useful skill that can be hard to implement in your life, and that's saying the word no. Saying no. Mm-hmm. No. No. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, note, side note though, this is not an episode to learn how to be a major asshole. No. (laughs) No. No. (laughs) But more of how to quiet the people pleaser living within and being assertive with what you want and what you have time for. We're going to help you put yourself on the priority list. But first, let's eat. No. I'm just kidding. Let's eat. Since today's episode is all about saying no, and as a result, keeping your life fairly simple, I decided to throw together something that honestly, it couldn't get more simple even if you tried. It is a radish with butter on crusty bread. It's a recipe I first heard of on spilled milk and have been wanting to try it for a while. So let's try it now, girl. Let's do it. (laughs) Okay. So it's really, it's just like the sourdough baguette that I got at Trader Joe's. Yum. Thinly sliced radish with some ground pepper and some salt and just a nice little slab of butter underneath. Yeah, but what's so special about the butter though? You whipped it. Oh, I whipped it. I whipped whipped it good. (laughs) After Erin accidentally threw it on the ground. The butter stick on the ground. Hopefully she was trying fine. to say, like, do you want to whip it? And she, like, kind of did a whip it motion, and it flew out of her hands. I was like, you yeah. already did. <laughs> Ready? Let's do it. And this is going to be crunchy. Oh, I'm going closer. Oh, okay. I'm doing it. Very crunchy. Mm-hmm. Buttery. So buttery. And I get the radish at the end. Mm-hmm. So when I listened about this... Super simple recipe on spilled milk. You want to crunch really quickly? There you go. (laughs) Um, They do it at Delancey, Molly Weisenberg, one of the restaurants she owns. Um, And what was I going to say about it? Oh, so when they serve it there, she said a lot of customers will ask, like, what's that delicious cheese underneath the radish? And they're like, it's only butter. Yeah. It's just butter. It does. It's kind of got a cheesy quality to it. Yeah, with the whipping. Because, yeah, it wouldn't taste the same if you just, like, put a slab. <laughs> it's like, oh. what was that? Mm-hmm. Very loud. <laughs> I like the radish a lot. Mmm. Me too. It's very refreshing. Mm-hmm. I mean, also pretty heavy. It's butter and mm-hmm. <laughs> straight-up carb. Yeah. Mmm. It's funny... I want to say, like, this is good party food, but it's also so crunchy and loud and, like, destructive. Like, you can't talk to people while you eat this. No. No. This would be bad first date food. I was literally... You're in my mind. That's really? what I was just about to say. Can you think of your another bad first date food? Let's say it on the count of three together. One, One two, two, three. three. Spaghetti. Chicken wings. <laughs> Both. <laughs> 
Especially spaghetti's using garlicky and like flicks everywhere. Yeah. Oh, for yeah, sure. Red sauce. Like yeah. if you want to have any like um, romantic encounter after the date, you're gonna smell like straight up Italian garlic. Kitchen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which maybe that's like I don't know. Maybe that's a good thing. Oh my god. Side note. Wait. <laughs> I actually just read an article the other day about how um, there are some women that find garlic. Like, if men eat garlic, they find it, like, an aphrodisiac. Like, the guy smells like, like garlic? Like, he smells like garlic, and they're like, oh, yeah. Apparently. Some, sometimes I'll cook and, like, mince some garlic. Yeah. And then recently when I've done that, I've gone to a workout class, like, right after in the evening. Mm-hmm. And I can smell the garlic on me. Right. And I'm like, people think I probably went and had like a four course Italian dinner before I came to this workout class. Like, I smell so strongly of garlic. <laughs> Anti inflammatory, though, dude. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Smelly. Well, I like this. I do too. I love, you use sourdough too, and I mm-hmm. love sourdough. Mm-hmm. I would totally eat this as like a, I don't know, a snack or something. Mm-hmm. Or like first part of dinner. Oh. We're just like staring at carbs. I wish yeah. we had made another one for each of us. Why didn't we? I sliced enough bread, but I was like, eh, it's straight up butter and bread. Maybe I should take it easy. Probably. Ugh. I'm going for my last bite. Mmm. Again, first date food. We should put a warning on this episode. Like, if you have a phobia of listening to people crunch mm-hmm. and moan, maybe avoid this one <laughs> Say no to this episode. Say no. Again, first day of food. Mm-hmm. Hi, my name's Aaron. Oh, I got butter on you. <laughs> mm. Yum. I would rate that, like, because I was, like, so surprised. I really had, like, no idea what it was going to taste like. Mm-hmm. I would say it's a five. Mm-hmm. I would give myself a five. It was so easy. Yeah. It's literally, like, half an ingredient. <laughs> But You'll, maybe just like get really good bread, like like what you did. Mm-hmm. That and, makes it. Oh, it probably helps to mention we put it in the toaster for a couple minutes. The bread, mm-hmm. just the bread, not like the bread butter radish situation. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then before I buttered the bread, I let it cool down so it didn't melt the butter all over the place. Yeah. Because you want the butter to just sit on top like a little cheesy layer, cloud little waves. Mm-hmm. Man <laughs> Again, alive. Cloud waves. <laughs> one day maybe we'll be on the same page right so anyway should we move on i mean there's not really much more to say about that other than no you should make it too no there's nothing wrong to say about that it's delicious (laughs) yeah no 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 all right how often have you found yourself thinking or saying that you wish you had more time for yourself or find yourself saying, I'm so busy, I feel strapped, I need more hours in the day, or simply, I don't have time for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably the more important question to ask is, when was the last time you looked at and reevaluated all of your obligations or to-dos? Right. The last thing you want is the dreaded burnout. Mm-hmm. Sounds awful. It is awful. <laughs> Too often, we're overstretched with many obligations simply because we are afraid to say no or no thanks to things. Mm -hmm. Telling people no doesn't need to be an act of rejection. Actually, if you do it right, 
let me know if you agree with this, Erin. Mm-hmm. Relationships may grow even stronger and you'll feel maybe a little less stressed. I would say so. Yeah. Okay. So first, let's talk a bit about why we say yes to so many things. Like so many things. Like, yeah. sure, I'll eat that even if I don't like it. Yeah. Or I'll do that favor for you even if I don't want to. Mm-hmm. Okay, Rachel, what are some of the things that you've run into that you've run into in life that are hard to say no to? Like, why do you think that is as well? Okay, so when I think back, especially to when I was in college, I was saying yes to everything. From internships to volunteer work, um, school officer positions, committees, work, like honestly everything. That was really the first time in my life that this happened. And in a real sense, it was necessary. Like it was a time in both of our lives we, we needed to be creating a resume for ourselves. Oh, yeah. So that we could eventually get into a program to do the things we wanted to do in our careers. Mm-hmm. But I also didn't want to let anyone down. And in a way, I think I thrived off like that very overbooked lifestyle. Okay. I liked that everyone knew I was a boss lady and I was on top of so many projects, proposals, <laughs> and that I still had like all of this personal life, you know, to myself. Interesting. I remember one time I was even, I had to present something in an English class and I had to get to my email in front of the class to get to like the presentation I was giving. Yeah. And so it first popped up to like my university homepage where it shows like all of your class schedule right and I remember I must have had like 18 19 credits that semester which means I was taking several several classes yeah and everyone was like oh my gosh and I kind of had this sense of pride like yeah I'm real busy whoa look at me yeah like a badge yeah yeah Ugh. And it was really easy, I think, to look back and at the time, like I would say, my life was very quote unquote full. <laughs> yeah. And I tried to put this positive spin on it, but honestly, no, I was too busy. <laughs> I actually had to make a list of hobby ideas when I finally finished all my schooling because I couldn't remember what I used to do for fun. Ooh. And I think um, maybe that's a good sign when you might be too busy, when you've forgotten the things that you like to do. That's, yeah, I would say so. How so you're to, you? we're to learn to say no today. Yes, we yeah. are. But first I want to know what kinds of things were no mm. for you or which things were no for you to say <laughs> to. What things were hard for you to say no to and why? Okay. Uh, for me, I definitely was, I would definitely was part of that like victim of, I want to be liked all the time when mm. I was younger and yeah, you know, I think it's frustrating often being a female for some reason. Mm-hmm. This it's, it's annoying because you feel like you, there's this need to be firm with your your word, but you need to be nice. Mm-hmm. You know, or you if you say yes, but you also should be tough. Like you have to be powerful but likable. Mm-hmm. And I don't like this like if and but thing. Yeah. And so like I feel like as kids you know, you grow up and you see movies and you read books and there's just stuff on TV of women who they're like perceived as like bitches or they're very cold hearted um, when they say no or when they, you know, turn things down like come ons or like dates or favors or mm. invitations, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. Like if you can think of like, you know, a person you saw in a movie like that is that says no, mm-hmm. they're always perceived as like ice queen. Yeah, especially if it's a woman. Totally. If it's a man, it's like, 
He's a good boss. Yeah, and people, he's a good manager. And people look up to him. Good time management. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, and so I think I struggled with this early on in life because I was like, I don't want people to see me as being this like mean person. Mm-hmm. I'm not mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I definitely like... I've come to figure out what I can take, what I have time for, or even what I want to do. But I think that comes with experience and with time. Like, and I think for you, like you were saying, like during college, you, you thrived on that. And I think I did the same thing too. Like I was like, well, I needed to work in school as well, but Mm -hmm. like I took on a lot of work Mm -hmm. and I, at times I think it kind of it pushed away, like, what am I truly doing? Like, am I enjoying (laughs) what I'm doing at all? Um, but I quickly came out of that and then you land in the real world and you're just like, okay, I guess this is life. Mm-hmm. But like, anyway, yeah, I just think it's been crucial to know how to, how to like just adjust your expectations for yourself, like as an adult. So mm-hmm. I will say that I'm still struggling with this mm. today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. When we talked about our goals a couple episodes ago, yeah, that was something you oh my expressed God. you wanted to work on. Like, yeah, you used to say yes. To just about everything. Yeah. And at a time in your life, sometimes you have to, mm-hmm. or it helps you get ahead to do that. You do. But now you're in a space where you're like, I'm established and I can start to say no. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was actually going to say that because I was like, yeah, this year was my year of no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So how do we actually make no a piece of our vocabulary though? And how do we make that an action? Um, well, the first thing is you want to start with how you're saying it. Mm-hmm. Like it sounds kind of simple, but um, there's actually a really interesting study that I found from the Journal of Consumer Research that they studied um, language. They studied how people uh, spoke to things if they were asked a question. Mm-hmm. And so they found that the way that a statement is framed had an effect on how well people thought they could stick to something. So, for example, they used uh, food in their study. So this person said, I don't eat this. I mm-hmm. don't eat so-and-so or such-and-such. I don't eat this so, person. I don't eat this person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when they say, I don't eat this when tempted by, like, I don't know, a quote-unquote unhealthy snack, um, for example, it made participants feel more psychologically empowered okay. than using the word can't. Like, mm-hmm. I can't eat this. Right, right. So, because basically with the word can't, you're kind of saying that, like, um, you might want to do something, mm-hmm. but if it's, like, in a different scenario, you could. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But then they also used um, exercise as, an, as another example. Mm-hmm. Um, so those who use the words, I don't skip my workout, they found that to be a more powerful motivator to get to the gym than saying, I can't skip my workout oh interesting between those two yeah which i thought was funny because basically the i don't or like in our case our no it just basically means there's no room for debate yeah there's no wiggle room right it's like this is my policy right (laughs) yeah which i was like as soon as I read that, it was like light bulb moment. Mm-hmm. And I can think of a thousand and one times that I have said, I can't or I can't. But you feel guilty mm-hmm. all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. So I kind of wonder if that changes the guilt. Like you just feel yeah. like empowered. So anyway, basically the saying I don't, again, leaves no room for debate. It's hard and fast. Yeah. Basically, you're saying, I don't say yes to things I want to say no to. Wait, let me say that again. <laughs> okay. You don't say yes 
to things, things you I want to say, say no, no to. to. Got it. Yeah. I love Isn't it. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, um, that's a great example. And we found a few other methods from an article on Forbes.com titled How to Say No and Still Get Ahead Without Guilt. Which is important because maybe especially for other women out there, it's like, how am I going to progress if I like turn down things or people perceive totally. me as like, you're unmotivated or like right. you're not being proactive. Uh-huh. Yeah. So let's see. First, get clear on your values. Figure out what you do have time for in your life and be honest with others about what you can offer. This is important, I think. It's easy to get caught up, I think, in things that keep you so busy because you admire other people that are doing these types oh, of things. Oh my God, yeah. You know, so it's like, oh, I also want to, whatever it is, like start like a startup or something. Right. Or I want to um, start doing like a bunch of volunteer work at this organization because someone else that I really admire is doing it. But we don't know what the rest of their schedule is like. <laughs> exactly. It's like maybe that's their number one priority. Yeah. And the rest of their life revolves around that one thing, but you're trying to make that fit into like, 50 other things. Exactly. Ugh. Right. All right. Number two, practice. If there is an important no looming in your future, particularly if it relates to work, practice the conversation with a friend. Ooh. I like this. I do too. And it's something I'll talk about soon, um, but there was something at work that I had to end up saying no to. And I did kind of practice. I wrote out what I wanted to talk about, you did an outline and reached out to people. <laughs> exactly. And I was like, if I say this, does this make sense? Is right. this an okay thing to say? Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with even hyping yourself up in the mirror. Yeah. You can do this. Exactly. This is what you're going to say. Stop sweating through your jacket. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Next. Um, start by saying no to something small. When you're asked for your phone number, driver's license number, email, or the name of your firstborn <laughs> by any store clerk, just say no. Saying no to small requests from strangers helps to build your confidence for saying no to larger requests. Oh my gosh, yeah. I don't have children, but I would think that would be really hard if someone said, oh, what's your baby's name? Yeah, I would. <laughs> like, do you say no and you walk away? Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know either. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> you know, I feel like I am definitely comfortable doing the email. Like, you go to a store uh-huh. and they're like, can we have your email for our mailing address? Mm-hmm. And normally I just say, no. Mm-hmm. I say no, and then I usually, I usually like, eh. yeah. and then I'll usually give an explanation. I, I can't give my I email can't. address today. I get so much junk mail, and I can't, oh, just so can't. I. I just can't. So, do I. so yeah, I need to say no. Say no. Just say no. Like, and I listen to, you know, and I guess it comes back to this whole, like, I, I hate to make it gender specific, but I notice it so much in women and myself. And I listen to Jason, my husband, and he'll say no to things just very easily. Mm-hmm. And I, ugh, I just, I don't, I, I, I want to be that. <laughs> you want to be like Jason? I want to be that. But I think it's hard because as women, we're communicators. Mm-hmm. Like, we're very big on communication. Yeah. So we put a lot of emphasis on our, like, who we are. In I don't know. And, like, for me personally, I realize as I've gotten older, I'm more emotional than I've thought I was. Yeah. And so I don't want to hurt people's feelings. Oh, yeah. And it goes back to the people pleaser thing. Like, I don't want someone to be mad at me. I don't want someone to think I'm a brat. Right. You know? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Are there any more tips that we found on this list? Yeah, there are. 
Okay, so <laughs> it's funny I should mention guilt because this one it surrounds guilt. Yeah. Um, so learn how to process the anxiety and guilt. Mm. Anxiety and guilt don't feel good, but they are emotions often associated with saying no. The emotion of anxiety appears when you are uncertain about how a situation will turn out. And guilt arises when you feel like you've let yourself or someone else down. Mm. Oh, killer. Acknowledge the emotion you feel, label it, take a deep breath, and move on. That's basically the recipe for mindfulness. <laughs> it basically is, yeah. And I, this guilt is surrounds a whole lot. And I think it can come back to, I think perhaps not understanding, going back to your first point of not understanding your own value set, mm-hmm. when you don't understand your maybe the boundaries that you have in life, even with like family members too, like you can, if you don't have those, I think, you know, down packed, you can, you, that's when the guilt sets in. So like I (laughs) just recently, I've had to say like no to my mom to like, I couldn't go pick something up for her Mm -hmm. because I just didn't have the time that day. Mm -hmm. I had a legitimate reason and I had to say no, but I can't tell you for like a couple hours, I felt guilty. Like deep down and i mean she doesn't care she's just like okay you know but yeah. like it's... usually the people that were like feeling we've disappointed have gotten over it exactly and we're still busy yeah. feeling bad about it we're very yeah we're much more emotional than we thought mm-hmm. exactly <laughs> okay so then here's the last one that they gave us as a example um so reframe the meaning of no It's tempting to get stuck thinking about all of the negative connotations associated with saying no, but saying no frees you up to say yes when it matters most. Mm -hmm. And there have been times in my life where I've said yes to things that I thought would be good, and then something comes along that's like what you really want to be doing. Yeah. And you're you're scrapped for time. Exactly. (sighs) So... Okay, so putting it all together, because we're keeping this episode short, because... Yes, sometimes they get too lengthy. <laughs> they get too lengthy, and we also have, you know, we have things to do. Yeah, we've got to, sometimes to we eat. have to say no to long podcast episodes. We do. Okay, so putting it all together, tell me about a time recently, or maybe in the past, that you've said no to something in your life. What happened? How did it go? But most importantly, did you survive saying no? <laughs> okay. So I didn't really write anything down because I was debating in my head what I kind of wanted to focus on. Um, But I'm going to be real and talk about one that was really vulnerable for me recently. So I just started a new job at a clinic that I enjoy working at. I enjoy the clients that I see. And um, I was asked by the administration to kind of take on this project that they wanted to do and that there was a timeline for it. And I was in the meeting for it, just starting to feel this gut-wrenching feeling of like, what if I don't say yes to this, but I'm feeling uncomfortable about some of the parameters for the project. Right. And so here's another thing about saying no. You don't have to give an answer right then. You don't. You can say, you know what? Let me reach out to some other people. Let me think about this. Let me get back to you in a timely manner. Mm -hmm. Put a timestamp on it. And then give yourself that time to really think about it. Right. So I asked for a week to think about this big project. And I reached out to a few different dietitians who were both in my field or 
someone like you who was in private practice working with clients one-on-one and then I reached out and um kind of into like the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics has parameters for like codes of ethics and scope of practice, things that we're able to do with our credential. Mm-hmm. And I came back to them and set up a meeting with them. Um, and I said to them, you know what, what we had talked about, I don't think is going to be possible due to some of the stuff that's currently in practice at our facility. Um, but here's something that we can do moving forward. Here's an actionable item that I'm willing to take initiative on. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it's not a matter of like, no, I don't care about this. I'm not passionate about it. I want to let everyone down. It's like sometimes just some of the things need to be tweaked, mm-hmm. you know? It's like I'm still going to be performing my job duties. Um, I'm still going to be going up to my job expectations, but we're going to do it in a way that's not going to cause stress or guilt or problems. Right. So I totally survived. I've never been more nervous, though, going into a meeting. It was really intimidating. Yeah. Um, But it went really well. And what ended up happening was that everyone was going to benefit. And I'm really glad that I took that time to, like, exercise my voice. Yeah. And come up with solutions. And honestly, I think it's going to be something that years and years down the line in my career, I'm going to look back at like, that was a really defining moment for me. Right. Mm-hmm. It's one of those questions they ask you in an interview where they're yeah. like, tell me about a time where you did something you were uncomfortable with. Exactly. It's <laughs> like, going to be the interview answer. Perfect. <laughs> exactly. And that's really great. And I know that you struggled with that for that time period, mm-hmm. but I think that's so important that you gave yourself a week and you consulted, you know, your resources and you found what to do exactly cool how about you so thinking back over the past like year and a half um I think one that stands out to me is and again I'm being very general because I don't want to be specific um too much (laughs) but I, I think one that stands out to me is just saying no to just some additional work opportunities along the way Um, as a small business owner and I'm a consultant and so basically like I'm paycheck to paycheck, like I don't have a salary and my income does vary. Like I have months that are strong and months that are not. And I knew this going into it, like, it's not like I set out to be like, I'm going to be the most salaried consultant ever. (laughs) Like, but I think it was important for me to realize that, um, the key for me was that the only thing that I can scale as a business owner is my income. I can't add more time to my day. Like I can't Uh, scale more time. uh And so that actually really helps me plan out and figure out what truly was going to benefit me in the future. Like I figured out my value set for my business, figured out who I want to focus on as clients, what companies I want to like work with for their projects. What do I actually have time for? And I allowed myself the ability to make my own schedule. Mm-hmm. And I think that was so, um, it's beneficial to do that, but I never really had the chance to do that before in life. So it's just a learning curve, you know, mm-hmm. a big learning curve. Yeah. Um, and like this year, like I set the stage early on, you know, in November, December to allow for a schedule of what I want. And so this year definitely feels, it feels comfortable and I don't feel stressed about like, yeah, there's going to be those dips and valleys in the health field. Mm -hmm. Normally, like as a consultant, your summertime is not as 
is uh, robust, I should say. Um, So I would say like my, I have certain days during the week for one-on-one counseling where I schedule people for that. Other days I'm doing consulting for a company that I consult for on a regular basis. And then other days I'm doing like menu development, but I created that time. You know, like I knew like, oh, I had this time, I'll reach out to people who I want to work with and I've got work. It's like, it's working. (laughs) So, so yeah, but I know I don't have any more time to give right now. Yeah. I have things that I'm doing. Um, but if something did, did come up that like maybe is very enticing, like I try not to just like jump on the opportunity. I definitely just evaluate like, well, is there a chance for me to do this right now? Can I do it in the future? Yeah. And like there was actually a recent thing that came up and I, I ended up just reaching out to the dietitian just to tell her like, Hey, my plate is full right now, but here's my name. Here's my information. If you need someone in the future, can we like start a relationship and right. then maybe we can like consult in the future. Yeah. So, and that's okay. Like people like that. I think they appreciate that more than you saying like, yeah, I'll take it. And then no, <laughs> I can't because yeah. that's happened to me and it's so, you feel guilty again. So yeah. anyway, just learning to process that guilt in a more productive way, I mm-hmm. think. And I think too, sometimes the reason we say yes, yes, yes is like you said, not mm-hmm. even sometimes guilt, but the fear of missing out that this opportunity is yeah. never going to come up right. again. FOMO. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I can totally testify that there have been things I've said no to and I've been like, ugh, I'm really, I feel like bummed because this right. could have been big. Yeah. And then you end up finding something different that works mm-hmm. and feels great and feels right. Like it's the right fit for that right. time. Or sometimes I've had the same exact opportunity come up another time at a better time. There you go. So yeah, there you go. Saying no is beneficial mm-hmm. and productive and will lead to less stress. Yes. <laughs> so i figured this is a good time enough to share this is a story uh, that a sociology professor of mine shared in college and it was about prioritizing what matters in your life and this was actually a video but for podcast purposes (laughs) i actually found the story online cool okay so basically this is about how when you are choosy about the things that you want to do and you say no you actually have room for the important things in life so, a little table chat story time. And now for a reading. We need some, like, flowery <laughs> yeah. music. Da-da-da-da. I'll find some. So start saying, this is Erin with our story. And this is Erin with our story. Perfect. I'll find some music. <laughs> okay. A professor of philosophy stood before his class with some items in front of him. When the class began, wordlessly he picked up a large, empty mayonnaise jar and proceeded to fill it with rocks about two inches in diameter. He then asked the students if the jar was full. They agreed that it was full. So the professor then picked up a box of pebbles and poured them into the jar. He shook the jar lightly and watched as the pebbles rolled into the open areas between the rocks. The professor then asked the students again if the jar was full. They chuckled and agreed that it was indeed full this time. The professor picked up a box of sand and poured it into the jar. The sand filled the remaining open areas of the jar. Now, said the professor, I want you to recognize that this jar signifies your life. 
the rocks are the truly important things, such as family, health, and relationships, if all else was lost and only the rocks remained, your life would still be meaningful. The pebbles are the other things that matter in your life, such as work or school. The sand signifies the remaining small stuff and other material possessions. If you put sand into the jar first, there is no room for the rocks or the pebbles. The same can be applied to your lives. If you spend all of your time and energy on the small stuff, you will never have room for the things that are truly important. Cool. And that's another story time by Table Chat. Yeah, it's a good point. <laughs> yeah, I just thought that was cute. There, it is kind of a fun activity to do if you have like a group of people. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I liked the message for it. It's definitely focusing on saying no to the things that don't matter so that you have more time to do the things that you truly want in life. All right, I think that about wraps it up for us. I think it does too. Thank you so much again for joining us. As always, if you'd like to dine with us, please send us a recipe or any dish that you would like us to try. We love all of your suggestions. Yeah. (laughs) If you have any questions whether they're related to food or nutrition or something else, and you just want to chat with us, we would love to hear from you. You can reach us multiple places. If you go to facebook.com slash table chat show, that's where we live on Facebook. We do. <laughs> you can like our page on Twitter and Instagram. We are at table chat show by email. We are Hey table chat at gmail.com. And our website, tablechatshow.com, is where you can find show notes for today's episode. We will link to um, the different resources that we used. Um, We'll put up the recipe for the delicious radish and butter crusty bread thing that we had. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. And please leave us a review. That would be awesome. Mm -hmm. We would love that. Mm -hmm. This helps other people find us, and that means a bigger community and more friends for all of us to have. Mm -hmm. Thank you again for chatting with us around our kitchen table. Now go away. Go live. Go do your thing. And catch us next time on Table Chat, the show that's... Saying no and not feeling like bitches about it. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So no and... Goodbye. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Again, I waved. (laughs) Aaron always waves at the microphone. (laughs) Bye. I mean, you can't go wrong with this much butter. Mm -mm. I would like to whip my butter all the time. Whip it good? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are we going to actually, like, speak? <laughs> I said, why do you sound like a troll? <laughs> Alrighty, ready for this? I'm ready for this. <laughs> Wait, what's the next thing? I don't know. Y'all ready for this? No, the other side. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing, I'm pumping. It's like. Wait, what are the words? I don't know. Isn't it like. You would devote a dip it dough? Oh, yeah. It's like a rap that I did not like memorize. (laughs) I don't know.
Why am I thinking Space Jam? I was too. Yeah. Space Space Jam. Jam. All right, all right, all right. Boom, 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 boom. Come on and slam if you want to jam. Come on and slam. Space Jam. Space Jam. All right. And then we can do, I want to shoot, baby, shoot. Wait, are you calling back to soup, soup, and doop? Yeah. Our, our album consisting of like four and a half plagiarized <laughs> songs coming soon <laughs> we're like the weird owl but of like the food world weird us okay so i think uh we should probably get started okay. <laughs>